Thank you, Jesus. You are good to us, Lord, all the time, at all time, any time. You are good. Yes. You are a good God. We thank you, Lord. We've spent our time in your presence. Now it's time to hear from you, your truth. There are many voices about truth, but here we want to hear your truth, which is the only truth. So, Father, we, we humble ourselves before you. We open our hearts before you. And uh, we ask you by the power of the Holy Spirit that the truth that is contained in your word will be revealed to us. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you. Give these guys a hand. They are so faithful. They are amazing. Yeah. Wow. It's good to be here. It's good to be among God's people, it's good to be with the family. It's like, man, when I, when I, when I saw every, every person that I saw, it's like it's a, a breath of, of, I breathe that sigh of relief, like, a, oh, it's people. <laughs> I love seeing people. I miss that. So, yep. I'm going to keep it simple. We've gone through the book of Revelation, but I'm going to keep it simple. We'll probably just divert a little bit, mention a little bit of Revelation, but I, uh, I wanna, just want to spend more time with you guys while we're here. So let's just keep it simple, right? But I want to just, throughout this amazing, crazy time, like what we walk in faith, believing God, believing God that he's good and all that, it's, it's still, as human, it's not easy. But this scripture that came to me that really burned in my heart, where it says, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he's able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. As a matter of fact, let me just disciple you. Let's say it, say it together. Say after me. I know whom I have believed. Come on. And am persuaded. Come on, convince me. And am persuaded that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. You notice in that particular verse, he didn't say, I know what I believe. The, the, emphasis, the emphasis on I know whom I have believed. The world is all crazy about what they believe, but we have the whom. You fix the whom, the what will be taken care of. It's about the person. It's not just some philosophy. It's about the person whom I have believed. Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. As a matter of fact, as we look at the, the study of the book of Revelation, he used a lot of language from Daniel and Ezekiel and Zechariah on the Old Testament prophets. But Daniel, in one of those revelatory sort of visions, uh, when he started to write the, the world events, 
Kings after king after king after king would come, and, and there's contention between king, you know, looking for territory and whatever, domination, all those things. And then, in uh, amongst those things, he wrote, They that know their God will be strong and do mighty exploits. But you have to know your God first. And to think, Daniel, just like, like John, wrote this revelation style of, of, of writing while they were in exile also. Daniel was in exile in Babylon. John was also in exile when, when he was in Patmos. And uh, the problem, though, with uh, when we study, like I've mentioned it before, but I just want to just mention it again. The, the revelation, the misunderstood book and the teaching that caused people to focus on the wrong thing. And, and uh, I was brought up in that way as a Pentecostal believer. So we focus so much on the mark of the beast and, and the Antichrist. And, you know, and the, I thought, no, hang on. We were supposed to be focusing on Christ, not the Antichrist. As a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, it doesn't just talk about the beast, it talks about those who are marked by God, the believers, had the mark of God. Yeah. Now here's the point. Okay? Whether you are, whether, whatever you believe, whether it's the mark of the beast or the mark of God, it has to be taken symbolically. Symbolically. It's not literal. A good point, good, good way, good point, you know, to, to prove this is that here's the thing. As a matter of fact, in, in uh, talk about the, the mark of the beast and the, you know, one of the churches that, that was that John was writing to, called the Philadelphian Church, where Jesus said, "The one who conquers, I will write on him the name of my God, the name of the city of my God, the New Jerusalem, and my own name." Now. When we talk about the marking of God upon or the marking on people's life, whether it's Satan or it's God, like I said, it has to be taken symbolically. Like I was talking to Calvin a few a week or two ago, he was talking about this, and I said to Calvin, "Okay, let me ask you this: the children of Israel were marked as God's people. How were they marked?" And he answered, "Circumcision, which is the true answer." And I said. So then we as Christians, the new Israel, the spiritual Israel, how are we marked by God? Same circumcision, but it's circumcision of the heart. By the Spirit of God. When we are born again, we are marked by God. Nothing physical about it. Only God can see that. Because unless something happened in the inside of us, I can have tattoo of God in here and, and ten crosses on my chest and my arms and still deal drugs. Because it's just physical. It's when something happened in the inside of me. Yeah. The, mo the moment 
we believe in Jesus, two things happen. You can write this down. We are marked by the Spirit of God. Born of the Spirit. Now here's the thing. Just get over it. You and I, whether we like it or not, we are marked by God. We are different people. That's why the Bible says in First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 9, he said, You are peculiar people, a chosen generation. Get over it. We are different to the world and we're supposed to be. So we are marked by the Spirit of God, born of the Spirit. We are new species. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Anyone who is in Christ Jesus is a new creation. We are new species. We are chosen to be different. We are in this world, but not of it. Did you get that? We are in this world, but not of it. That's what Jesus said. I believe this is John, the Gospel of John chapter 16. So, point one, we are marked by the Spirit. And point two, we are preserved by the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit. Which is John chapter 17, verse 17, where Jesus in his prayer before the crucifixion, he asked the Father, Father, sanctify them or preserve them. Set them apart. How? With your truth. And then he went further. Your word is truth. So that's the scripture that I first quoted. I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he's able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. It's a powerful scripture. I think it's great for you guys to meditate on that. That scripture was written in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. You've got to understand the context of 2 Timothy is that Paul was, was at the time when he was arrested. That's, that's the second arrest of Paul. The first arrest when he was in Jerusalem, and then he traveled through Patmos and then to Rome. And when he was in Rome, he was released. And then not long after that, he was rearrested. The second arrest that led to his execution. So he knew. He knew his execution was coming. Because later on in chapter 4, where he said, I'm about to be poured out as a drink offering. And then that's when he said, I have fought the good fight. I finished the fight, the good fight of faith. So in talking to, to, uh, to Timothy, Timothy for him is like he wrote, he wrote this letter to a young minister. It's almost like Timothy was Paul's prodigy. It was, like he was mentoring him to be a, a minister. And uh, let me read the full, the full scripture. So pretty much Paul talked about his persecution and because of the gospel, for the sake of the gospel, in uh, chapter Second uh, Timothy 2, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 12, he said, because of this gospel, he said, that is why I am suffering as I am. Yet this is no cause for shame because... I know whom I have believed and I am convinced 
that he's able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day, speaking of the coming of Jesus. Verse 13, listen to this. What you heard from me, keep as a pattern of sound doctrine with faith and love in Christ Jesus. The next step, not just keep it. Verse 14, guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. So there are two things here. I'm just going to keep it simple because I want to talk to as as many people as possible today. So he said, I know whom I have believed and am persuaded. Okay? In other words, in the journey of our faith, there are two things that, 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 that will happen in, our, in, our, in the journey of our faith. Number one, we believe. And then the next thing is, we have our hearts that are fully persuaded. I'll say it again. We start with believing. Unfortunately, From believing to persuade it, it's a lot of work needs to be done. It's a lot of journey that needs to take place. And along that journey, one step or every step that we take, we submit to the truth of the Word of God. Doesn't matter how I feel, doesn't matter what I think. Paul got to the point that, yeah, I believed. But now I'm in this place where my heart is fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. The sad thing is many Christians settle with just believing. They're not in a place where they are fully persuaded. Whatever comes. I'm not saying it's easy. There are times, like this time it's bad enough, like you know, everybody has experienced that. But let me just be honest with you. I'm 67 this coming Tuesday. <laughs> and uh, there's a sense in me also maybe I often I ask myself God is there something hormonal about me that sometimes I feel sad or you know like I said to die like I don't know it's like what is it Brahm, that you're thinking about it's not about what I think it's something I feel and I'm sure there's something scientific about that but in the midst of that, I've got to preach, I've got to uh, help people. Uh, and it's like, God, but it's like almost, like I feel this, my childhood feelings came back to me. It's like when, when my mom was sick in the hospital and, you know, all those things. And I, I just said, God, <coughs> I stay with your truth. Let your truth determine what I see and what I, what I believe and what I, what I say. I submit to your truth. Absolutely. Do I, am I, do I struggle? Absolutely. It's a battle. And of course, the devil is like, you know, you're getting old now, you forget a lot of things. I would, I would forget stuff. Well, the constant thing, where's my phone? <laughs> where's my wallet? And I said, Bram, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> but 
We have to be people who are determined to actually walk our lives being dictated to by the truth, regardless of how we feel. Now, some people might need medication or whatever, I don't care, but at the end of the day, I'm accountable to God and I have determined, no Lord, doesn't matter how I feel, I am going to submit to the truth of the word of God and that's the, that is going to dictate how I, how I think and what I say. So for Paul's journey from faith, from, from, from uh, belief to be persuaded, so Paul's writing to, uh, to Timothy as if to say, I've done my journey, I'm ready to go to the Father. Now, this is your task. If you want to be like me, to have this journey, I prove God in my life. And I'm persuaded. I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded. Now, Timothy, this is your task in verse 13. What you heard from me, number one, keep as pattern of sound doctrine. That's the first step. Keep it. That takes diligence. Diligence on our part. Unfortunately, there are too many. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not being judgmental here, but I think because I've been through, Diana, we've been through a lot of things. When you're in ministry, when you minister to people, that's, that's what you do. But I can, well, I haven't finished my journey, but I can see, yeah, yes, Lord, I'm fully persuaded. I, I know whom I, I have believed. Diana can say that. But it didn't just happen because we took the first step of keeping everything that we've heard, that we've read in the Bible, the truth that we learn, we keep it. Number one. Number two, God. (laughs) This is what Paul said. Keep it and guard what has been deposited to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus said to the disciples, the spirit of truth will lead you. He's not going to lead you anywhere. He's going to lead you into all the truth. There are two Aspect of that statement. Number one, you can talk about the truth all you want, but it's only the Holy Spirit that is able to manifest that truth to you. Yeah. You know, this is what the world said. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're living out your truth. Yeah, it's my truth. I'm not interested with your truth. I want to know the truth, this truth. And this is important because even when people have, have quoted and misquoted the Bible, and my prayer is like, Lord, as I, as I read the Bible, 
I pray, Father, that you will reveal the truth that is contained in this scripture. Because I could misquote it. I could, could form my own doctrine. I said, Lord, reveal your truth in this. And it takes discipline on my part to be diligent in that. So that's the first aspect. Only the, only the spirit, it takes the spirit of truth to lead us into the truth. And the second aspect is that because it is the spirit of truth, it's not going to lead you anywhere else but the truth. <laughs> yeah. So once, once it leads you there, so that's why I, I'm, I'm not all about just quoting scriptures. No, it's, about, no, about, it's not just about quoting scriptures, but what, do you, what truth that the writer of, for example, if it's Paul, what truth is Paul trying to communicate as I read this? That's what I'm saying. And once you get that, guard it with all you have, with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's like guard it. Like, for example, our truth. There's no other way. Jesus is the only way. There have been certain, fact, certain factors of, or certain sectors of Christianity that try to compromise that. I said, no, Jesus said it himself. I remember what somebody was, was writing things and, and said, oh, you know, I, uh, I just... I just believe in love and I read my Bible in the eye, through the eyes of love. Sounds great, doesn't it? I read my Bible through the eyes of love. And I wrote back to him personally because it was on, on Facebook, so I thought, no, because I know the guy. So I, I wrote, I said, let me ask you this. Because he said, no, the scripture, you know, like when it was written, it's not like the way it is now. And I said, okay, let me, let me, let me ask you this. I wrote, I said, uh, just your statement that I'll read the Bible through the eyes of love is biblical truth defined by love or love actually defined by scripture but from what you said it was as if scripture is defined by whatever you think love is isn't that crazy what did, what did John say in uh, his first epistle? We must love in words, in deed, and truth. <laughs> so my understanding is like, in other words, my love, how I express my love, has to be defined by what the truth says about love. So... And I wrote to the guy, you know, he said, oh, you know, scripture is just, I said, okay, that's fine. You, you acknowledge, you, you actually confess yourself as a disciple of Jesus. Whatever you think of the scripture, what do you do with the saying of Jesus that is written in the gospel? I think this is basic stuff, but we need to be, it needs to be nailed in our hearts. This. I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. 
This is the moment of truth for the churches. The world is going crazy. The, world, the churches even going, going crazy. Not all. Like some churches, some Christians are going crazy. Okay? We got these two aspects of the truth. The written truth and the incarnate truth. Jesus. Can you agree with me? All right? Jesus is the word made flesh, the incarnate word. Now here's the thing. Say this is the Bible, this is the written script, written word, and this is the incarnate word, Jesus. Whether you like it or not, these two is not separable. You can't separate the two. When Jesus was tempted by Satan, 40 days ago, he was baptized. And from heaven, God the Father spoke, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. All right? Anybody know the story, right? I am well pleased. 40 days later, he was in the, in the wilderness after fasting for 40 days, not eating. Satan came. What did Satan say? If you are the Son of God, prove it. Pretty much that's what he said. Prove it. Let me ask you this. We Pentecostals, we believe in the supernatural, right? Great. We believe in the prophetic word, great, right? We believe in miracles, right? Now here's the thing. At the moment of temptation, the word made flesh was tempted and to prove himself as the son of God. I want to ask you, this. Did he draw his strength in that vulnerable moment from 40 days ago, his experience of the supernatural experience uh, where the Father, the, the, the heavens were open, the sky was open, and the voice from heaven came, this is my beloved son in whom I am ple well pleased. So did Jesus say, 40 days ago my dad spoke supernaturally from heaven. Did he say that? No. What did he say? It is written. It is written. You talk about the incarnate word relies so much on the written word. I don't care what you think about this. That's how Jesus treats this. If that's how Jesus, he drew his strength not from the supernatural experience. In the critical moment, he drew his strength from this. Three times. It is written. It is written. Oh, my Lord. When I, when I understand that's like God, I said, I'm sorry, Lord. I don't do that. Or not to the, that extent. At a time of resurrection, two people go into Emmaus. 
didn't understand if this Jesus, this Jesus, this guy called Jesus being resurrected. Jesus met them. You know the story, right? Did Jesus say, listen, you know, I'm, I'm being raised from the dead. You know, like, here I am. You know, the tombstone was, you know, the stone was, the stone being rolled away. You know, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. The Bible says, and going through the laws and the prophets, he explained about himself. The laws and the prophets, that implies the whole of the Old Testament. He explained about himself, about his resurrection. This is Luke chapter 24. He didn't go back to, he didn't rely on the supernatural thing, experience, on the scripture to explain himself. Man, imagine if you had a tape at that time to record, or the iPhone to record Imagine Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, explained himself, and you got a hand, a handphone, just an iPhone, just to record everything. That he, <laughs> be, I'd be the best preacher in the world by now. <laughs> <laughs> and then it says in the Bible that when they get together, met by the disciples, once again he opened the scriptures. That's what the Bible says. Luke chapter twenty-four. So here's the thing. We go through the book of Revelation. We go, doesn't matter whatever situation we, we go through. It's like this is our only foundation that will make us strong. They that know their God will be strong and do mighty exploits. Let's all stand up. Thank you, Jesus. So we don't need music. I'm just going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, let's just raise our hands. As a matter of fact, lay, lay your hands in your heart. Wherever you think your heart is, it could be here, it could be there, I don't know. Symbolically speaking. Lord, once again, we commit ourselves to submit to your truth that is contained in the scripture. The written and the incarnate truth is inseparable. You treat, Jesus, you treated the word of God, the written word of God, so seriously, so we want to be the same way as you. Lord Jesus, we want to be people who really know you. Yes, Lord, in this tumultuous time, like Daniel said, they that know their God, we want to be people who know you. Cause your people, Lord, we want to pay the price. Well, we don't just believe, but we have a heart that is that, are, that we have the hearts that are fully persuaded, fully persuaded. Help us, Lord, to keep and to guard the truth that has been de- deposited in our hearts. Bless your people, Father.
In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. Come on, give God a hand. God bless you guys.